There. Oh yeah. Smooth. Gonna use that. That voice almost sounds like the uh, movie guy voice. The preview. Yeah, it's close. In a world. In a world. (laughs) Where we're drinking beer. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. On the box with the knobs and stuff, Mr. Dolan, as usual. I'm excited for this one. Are you? Yeah. Uh, are you a uh, Are you a Pulp Fiction fan? Nope. But never you, heard of it. But you are a juicy, hazy IPA fan. Correct. There we I'm a go. fan of the size of the container. Mm. That's bigger than a normal can. That's a big boy. Yeah, that's we call that an oil can. Seven hundred and fifty <laughs> milliliters. Mm, yeah. Nine point four fluid ounces or one pint. This is a pint? I feel like it's maybe a little bit more than the pint. Oh, it's one pint, nine point four yeah. ounces. So bigger than a pint. So you get the pint and me and Dolan can split the rest. Our our new Wait, friends I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Our new friends at Convertia Health Staffing in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, brought us this. Uh, Brian and his son Braden vi- visited us. Not to be confused with the Atlas Braden. Uh, yeah, this one is much more subdued. This Braden. Oh, is that's cool. Way more subdued. Didn't wear a cowboy hat. Nice. Uh, they came down to visit us a few weeks back. Uh, they they do a lot of allied staffing. They do some. Uh, they do some doctor staffing up there, a lot of per diem, um, and, and was uh, looking to start some travel and do some travel healthcare. And so we, uh, they came down. We connected with Steve, connected with them somehow. I think, and they came down to our office and visited. And hmm. they brought a peace offering of always helpful, always right, right, yeah. And they they have listened to the podcast. They are familiar, even better. And so they brought us from junkyard. Brewing in Moorhead, Minnesota. Yep. Which I guess Moorhead and Fargo are like right next to each other. Across the border. Like Omaha Council Bluffs, right? Okay. Yeah, just like that. So this is uh, one of the, the more popular ones that uh, yeah. that they have there. So they brought us this one. It's called Vince Vega New England Style IP, Double IPA. Yeah. Mm, Vince Vega. Dippa. Yeah. A Dippa? Yeah. A Dippa. Vince Vega from... Uh, Holy cow. Well, you spilled, so that's yeah, good. All over my notes, of course. Yep. I, as always. Yep. Vince Vega from Pulp Fiction, of course. Dolan, have you seen Pulp Fiction? I... Uh, okay. Have you seen the poster for Pulp Fiction? Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are, do you know who Quentin Tarantino is? I know who Quentin Tarantino is. There you go. Um, I've seen parts, bits. I think I've seen the whole thing, but I mean... I was too young to pay attention. Yes, you were. Mm, yeah. Came out in what, 94? 94. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's three years before me. <laughs> oh, my god. Three years before Dolan was a glimmer in his uh, dad's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We are old, god, Rich. We are old. Pulp Fiction was just like a... That was just a part of my life at that time. It, it was. It's a part of a lot of dudes' lives, Man. I would say. It changed movies for me in a lot it of ways. Changed, yeah, a lot. Changed everything. I lost my... There we go. There you my, go. Yeah. Just don't. Uh oh. Oh, crackly. It's crackly. Mm. Oh, 
Don't move. I think it's Dolan. It is. It's, it's definitely me. It's Dolan when he Look, touches that cord. Yep. Like it's just what's in your headphones. Mm. So, yeah. so it's the audio. Is what you hear is not what they hear. Is not what what the uh, audience mm-hmm. hears. Yeah, we just need new adapters. That's mm. it. Oh, I should man. probably just buy them. They're so like five dollars. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> Uh, so Junkyard Brewing is located at 1416 First Avenue North in Moorhead, Minnesota. Open Monday through Thursday, 4 to 10, Friday and Saturday, noon to, noon to midnight. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And uh, Sunday, 2 to 10. That Those are feasible. I could I could make that work. Good hours. Yeah, real good. It's a good yeah. band name, Noon to Midnight. Noon to Midnight. Noon to Midnight. I, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Blood Trophy is a better... Oh, okay. That's a good name, too. Yeah, that depends on your genre. That's a whole tunes. different conversation here. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, founded in 2012 by Dan and Aaron... I'm going to assume this is, this is junk. J-U-H-N-K-E. Junk? Junk? Junk, junkyard, junkyard, and maybe I don't yeah. know. So uh, their first homebrew was called Junk's Trunk, and then other people called it Junkyard Beer, and so the name kind of stuck. Oh, man, yeah. mm. have you smelled this? Thing? I have. I want to get into it. Well, I let's let's do. Let's drink it here. And, I mean, this and just keep looks talking. like. Oh man, it looks like straight pineapple juice. Yeah, it does. Mmm, that's good. Oh, it's juicy. That is juicy. Oh man. That's amazing. Mm, that's everything I wanted it to be. That is really, 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 really good. With a nice little pineapple finish to oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I could, I could drink that. Oh, I could stop talking and just drink this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Let's just do that. Oh, oh man. that's not great for a podcast, but <laughs> now I've heard <laughs> good this. For us. This actually came. If you watch a. a uh, we just had an episode of the Atlas Life not too long ago, um, where one of our one of our current travelers met a a different traveler at Junkyard. Oh, really? And they were talking about traveling, and she's like, "You know what? Give me your recruiter's phone number. Maybe I'll call him someday or whatever." And someday came around, and now she's traveling with us. So. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. So, and but they met at Junkyard, and she was uh, she was super excited about. Know, that we were going to do this beer, yeah. Here, so mm, I am excited to do this beer because it is delicious. Mm. So, so uh, fruity, juicy, mm, man. Uh, their website says Junkyard is the perfect name because it expresses who they are: unique, local, and with a lot of character, like a junkyard mm. would be, right? Yeah, I mean, that's junkyards are an interesting place. You never know what you'll find. That's exactly, and that's kind of their philosophy yeah. there too. I like um, it. In 2013, they brewed their first batch, and by August of that year, it was available in some local establishments there. They were just brewing out of a place yeah. there. Uh, summer 2014, they opened a bigger warehouse space, and then the tap room opened in September of 14. So not too long ago, only about six years ago, uh, they opened. Uh, in 2017, they bought some more equipment, and it still hasn't met capacity yet. So, And that was the most recent update. They said mm. they, people are still drinking them dry. So that's a good problem to have. That's a really good problem to have. So that would make it one of the older breweries in Nebraska if they were here. That's true. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Which is super weird. I wonder how that in like Fargo, you know, Minnesota, North Dakota area, what, if that is one of the older ones up there. I don't know. I would, I would guess so. There's, there wasn't a whole lot there Mm -hmm. until most recently. So uh, I would guess it's probably one of the older ones. I like the pictures online. I looked at the Mm -hmm. website a little bit. It looked like a almost like an old garage, mm-hmm. like a carved garage or yeah. gas station kind of that they tur- turned into their tap room or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looked like a fun place to hang out. Uh, in 2018, they opened an additional 1,500 square foot tap room expansion. Yeah, that. So it was so good they expanded. That's yeah. That's that's a good thing. 
I would uh, I would think that that would be a place that you would want to go hang out from noon to midnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And drink Vince Vega. Yeah. Man. But I don't think you can all the time. Uh, I don't. You I know what? I don't wasn't know. on I don't one know. of the regular staple beers, it looked like. Wasn't I couldn't find it on their website. It's hard for me to not to to talk and and not yeah. just drink this beer. It is weird how we just gush about them sometimes, but really this is, man, this is probably one of the better New England styles that we've had. I think so. There's just the tiniest amount of bitterness at the very end, for it's me. Perfect for me. But it, it, it's enough to like slap you around a little and remind you you're you are drinking an IPA, a double IPA, a double IPA, no less. Which is probably you know what we're getting and. And I want to get into that a little bit because I right. wanted to remind us we've done a couple of uh, double IPAs in the past, but it's been fifty episodes almost ago. So I wanted to just remind everybody um, kind of what what they are and what the rules are. Yes. And really, what the rules are is there are no rules. Mm. Um, it does not mean double the amount of everything. We're not talking fifteen percent IPAs, <laughs> you know. Um, Normal amount of hops times two. Right. No. It's not necessarily that. Okay. Um, it's just a kind of a cute way to say more or extra. Okay. Uh, the kids say extra now, but or at mm-hmm. least they used to. Is that to, how they say it, Dolan? Yeah. Extra. You're extra. Yeah. Okay. So this is an extra IPA. So there's a little bit more. So we're probably, I don't know, you probably have the stats, but I would guess around 10% for this. Uh, 8.1. Okay. Yeah. So more than a standard, but low on the... ABV level for mm-hmm. a double IPA yep. for this one. Um, they have to be at least 7%. To be a double. Yeah. So this is just barely that. Yeah. Interesting. But, but most of the IPAs we drink are usually in the six ranges. Mm-hmm. So it, to get it to the double standard isn't very much more. So that's okay. why it's kind of a funny name. Um, usually the extra amount comes from malt oh. to get that extra um, sugar to turn into alcohol. It's not from hops. No. Oh. Okay. Now, usually a few more hops added, usually dry hopped mm-hmm. to get that the smell and that sort of thing. Um, they're usually not put in the boil. It's more like a post thing, dry hop, like mm-hmm. we like especially with this with these hazy IPAs. Yep. Um, but the standard one, usually you don't see them in this kind. Usually we're we're talking more like Pliny the Elder. Mm-hmm. Remember that beer and how mm-hmm. kind of malty that one was. Yeah. Um, double IPAs and triple IPAs are really a cousin of Belgian triples. So those have been around for four or 500 years. Yep. And it's basically what we're getting is the same sort of thing. So extra sugar um, is what usually makes a double IPA. comes from that extra grain or malt. Mm -hmm. Hops are added more for the smell. So you should have an intense smell of hops in there. And that's kind of different than the Belgian style. Um, but the colors are the same, and the idea is the same, and kind of the recipe, really, the, how you make it is very similar. So okay. it's like an offshoot of a, a Belgian triple is what normally we see as a double IPA or a triple IPA, usually maltier. This is one of the very first, probably, um, that we've had on this show that's a double IPA that's a hazy style. Mm-hmm. Usually we just get the single hazies, which is okay, mm-hmm. too. That's okay as well. Yeah. So that's our little rehash on what we're drinking. Can they make a? Can they make a? Because I've had a triple IPA. Like mm-hmm. that's come up before. Can sure. they make a triple hazy? I, I would mean, assume so. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess there's no rules, right? So yeah, especially with this being its own style, only for less than two years. There's mm-hmm. really nothing you can or cannot do at this point yet. 
Do I've you... even had a quadruple IPA before, Ooh. which was more. That was this. That's the one that's down in Boiler at Lincoln, and it's yeah. the strongest beer in Nebraska. Was their quadruple IPA? That was like an eighteen percent, or wasn't it? Yeah, and I remember... it actually might be more. It might be more like twenty percent. Wow! Because there was a stout here in in Omaha that's seventeen percent, so it might have been like eighteen mm, and a half. Maybe you're right. See, that's just, and that's crazy to me from, because I bet that's just the booziest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, and unfortunately for my friends, we all ordered some after a football game a oh, couple years ago. boy. And they did not like it, but I did, so I drank theirs. And hmm. <laughs> Good night. Hello. Was, yeah, I was chauffeured home that night. You slept in the car on the way home? Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> I kind of threw a fit at Arby's, but that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> Look, if you're going to throw a fit somewhere... Make it the drive-in at Arby's right. at 1130 in, at night on I, a Saturday. I prefer Applebee's, right? Oh, I wanna, yeah. I, wanna drink I wasn't in any in shape to get into a restaurant. <laughs> so we just took what we could get. I hope, I hope beyond hope, you did, you did research on Vince Vega. Uh, you know, I did. Um, but also what I did... Because I that's you know predictable. It's the name right there, right? Of course. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll get into that a little bit. But also, what I wanted to get into uh, was a little bit of eight bit uh-huh. stuff. Because as you can see on the logo, yeah, and there's like a Nintendo cartridge and some eight bit imagery, and so I wanted to get into that. So I will I will delve into that first. I'm going to make you wait. No, that's that's fine. On the Pulp Fiction stuff. That's fine. That's because fine. I want to get there too. But well, eight bit changed my life too, right? Nintendo. Yeah. So they they called the eight bit era in gaming or video gaming, right? And it, from what I could tell, there wasn't like I thought I would just Google this and it'd be oh here's the information you want, and it wasn't that way. Hmm. So I had to kind of read a bunch of different articles and mash it up. So this might not be as accurate as I would like it to be, okay? But we'll see. Uh, so started in 1983 is what they say uh, with Nintendo, and that was in Japan. Uh, they had a, a like a not a prototype, but a version of Nintendo there um, that looked a little different. It was mm-hmm. red and white, I think. Yep. And it had like a side slot for your game. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuck it into the machine. Did you have the name for it? No. Famicom. There you go. Famicom. And then Super Nintendo was called Super Famicom. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yep. somewhere along the lines, they've re not only rebranded it, but redesigned it to make it look like a VCR. Mm-hmm. And that's the version that we are probably mostly familiar with. With the front loader and the yeah. cartridge. Because I never thought of it, it before. Working, you'd have to put it, yeah. But it is like a VCR Yeah, back in the day. And that was like a huge thing at the time was like home video entertainment, you mm-hmm. know, like renting movies. And yep. I remember, Dolan, this is going to be crazy for you, but we used to have this machine that you'd put a videotape in and you push it down and it would rewind the tape for mm. you automatically. I had one of those too. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So that or, thing was amazing. Or I just used the pen from the junk drawer. Oh, you could do that, I guess. Yeah. But you, boy, you'd get a fine. Mm. Be, <laughs> Please be kind. rewind. Yeah. Be kind. Rewind. Weird movie, by the way. Really? That was a movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I just like one of those stickers they used to put on the VHS, yeah. right? Yeah. Be kind. Rewind. Yep. That's, yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of probably on purpose why they redesigned it to look like that, because those things were popular and, and hot. They were popping. Well, Atari, you plugged it in the top right i mm-hmm. mean for those yep. of you that remember atari it plugged yeah. it, the cartridge went in sega, the top. sega was similar sega yeah mm-hmm. that was a similar sort of style my that dad was, uh my first sega well i had a super nintendo and then a sega 
So I don't know. Or maybe it was the other way around. You would have had the Genesis first. I had the Genesis. And then you would have had a Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's that's what I had. So my one of my fondest memories of my dad, who passed away years ago, uh, we were playing. He, he clearly he had no idea, and he didn't interact with us much, and he didn't understand this kind of stuff. He sure. was kind of the curmudgeon that didn't understand. Yeah. But at some point, he saw the Sega commercial, and we were in playing. I it was probably Super Nintendo. It probably quite honestly, it's probably Super Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. And he came in and he just watched this for a second, and then he out of the blue he goes Sega. So <laughs> and then walked out. So he had the wrong console, but the right idea. He tried. Yeah, that's that's what chalked that up. Yep. You know, dads. I, I don't know. We're not always cool, mm-hmm. but usually we are. Ask my daughter out there; she would tell you. <laughs> she saw you as you walked in while we were drinking beer. She was just like, "Oh boy." She looked down and didn't yep. make eye contact. She probably texted your wife. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Sega. Um, we talked about Sega just a second ago. Nice Sega way. Sega. Oh, yes. Sega way. Boo. Dad joke. Good job. <laughs> so uh, they had an 8-bit sort of situation, too. It came out in 1985, and Atari released the 7800 in June of 84. That's right. So those were all different consoles that you could have had to play 8-bit style games. Mm-hmm. Now, I never saw any of those. My friends only had Nintendo. I don't think in Lincoln, Nebraska, we were getting a whole lot of Segas in 1985. Maybe, yeah, but I don't. I never saw one. My dad, my 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 friend Lee Clark had a uh, rather absentee dad. Okay, uh, who would only pop into his life every once in a while. Sure, uh, and bought him an Atari. 7800 yeah right with the remember the paddle control mm-hmm. and he had like super pac-man yeah but like it was so expensive that his mom wouldn't let us touch it <laughs> like we couldn't play it a video game console you couldn't play we only had to just like admire it from afar like, oh look there's that 7800 look at that don't plug it in don't touch it you can break it wow uh i don't think this is true but it said one of the stories i read was some of the first games that were available in this format was donkey kong donkey kong jr and popeye which i remember playing Mm. popeye is not a was not a great game um it was basically what made this happen was the intel 8008 processor okay that's the first one that was available to run this sort of like graphic card and make make the images work Mm, and that was way back in like 83 84 Mm -hmm. and then they made uh, improvements and changes and it was all for like another 10 years where they were really using this sort of stuff gotcha um i wrote down some they called milestone titles Mm -hmm. so some of the first games are some of the most popular ones and uh, i'll hit you with these one of them was called alex kid in miracle world yeah that was a sega game Mm -hmm. which i didn't know nothing about and i did not know alex kid was the first mascot of sega that's what it says. That I didn't know. I have no idea. But I remember the game. I only remember Sega as Sonic. So. I, I was a Nintendo family. We were not yeah. a Sega family. That mm. was the same way. Um, way back in the day, we're talking early 80s, they had their first Dragon Ball game. was in an, an Atari game. Really? Yeah. So like the Dragon Ball I've heard about has been around since I was a kid, like five years old. You're talking like Goku and... Yeah. And really? Yeah. All started all the way back in... In uh, like '84, I think wow. I found a story about it. That was on Atari, you said. Sega, I think. Sega. Yeah. Okay. I wonder because I had a Dragon Ball game for my Game Boy Color, but it had the Sega logo on it and everything like that. Mm. Weird. That would have been mid '90s, probably, huh? Mm, probably. Because Game Boy came out in like '89. Yeah. I think I saw. 
Game, Game Boy, Boy Colors we were selling at Toys R Us, so that would have been yeah. mid to late 90s. Yeah. Because the first Game Boys were all black and white stuff. Yes, yes. Um, another game that's bit still around today that started way back then in this 8-bit days was, is Final Fantasy. Yes. And also Metal Gear. Oh. So, like, that's all the way back there, right? So, Metal Gear, the Nintendo Metal Gear, the 8-bit, the one we're talking about here, was the one where Snake, Solid Snake, right? That was his name. Yep. could smoke. Like, oh. he, had, he could have a cigarette. But if he smoked... Like, it looked cool, but it yeah. would take your health away. Oh, boy. Right? Oh. What a prophecy. <laughs> right. So you could smoke, and your health would go down. <laughs> but you're like, damn it, I look cool. But you look cool out there. You're like, yeah, you, you yeah. stab one of the guys, and then you smoke. When Metal... <laughs> you got to blow that stress off. Yeah. PlayStation. When PlayStation, when Metal Gear Solid came out, mm-hmm. that was a... I was at Toys R Us back then. That was a big deal. Yeah. I had it. Big that's, deal. That's how I know loved Metal Gear. It. PlayStation, oh, I loved it. PS1. Love yeah. that game. So... Then I wrote down the other ones. I was like, okay, well, let's just see some rankings because everybody's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down the one of the most read and most current stories about 8-bit games, the best ones. Okay. So this was just published on March 10th of this year. Oh, okay. So we're talking real current. Not, not too long ago. Um, so I wrote down some of the best ones. These were for Nintendo specifically because okay. this is what I was familiar with and so were you. Mm-hmm. Um, Vice Project Doom. They said this was a great action-adventure game. Okay. Never heard of it. Mm. Contra. Yes. We know about that one. 100%. Jackal. Yep, Jackal. I remember uh-huh. that one. Jackal was almost like a knockoff Contra kind of game. Mm-hmm. What, what game was Contra? Because I feel like I can see the logo, but I can't remember what the game is. It was a side-scroller. Yep. Okay. Where With the code. Up, up, down, down, left, yeah. right, left, right, B, A, select. That guy just uh, passed away. He just died. Konami code mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But All it was right. like a, I don't know, it was like a military game kind of. Mm-hmm. You shot stuff and you had to get through buildings and... The stuff would drop down. Uh-huh. What was what was groundbreaking about Contra was it would change from side-scroller to to uh, like, up and down scroller, right? Yeah. Like there were some levels where you're running up and down instead of side to side. Interesting. Yeah, and that was different. Mm-hmm. Um, some game called Rygar. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Oh, one. Rygar was the best. Was Rygar like, was hard. Yeah. Um, it was almost like a cousin to... Um, Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Remember Gauntlet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Rygar was a side-scroller. So then here's some of the other ones I wrote down. And some of these games I actually played and and had, um, but this one I didn't, and I'd never even read about it before. Maniac Mansion. Mm -hmm. Castlevania. I love Castlevania. Castlevania. Castlevania 2 was, oh my God. Simon's (laughs) Quest. Yeah, Simon's Quest. I had that game. That Mm. was one of my very first Nintendo games. Did you get stuck and then you had to like hold the stone and kneel down on the thing and the thing would take you away? I probably never even made it that far. Oh my gosh. Hours, man. (laughs) Hours. I just remember, yeah, like the fireballs. Yes. Like from Castlevania. Uh huh. And then there also was a Castlevania 3 that was very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, Ninja Gaiden? Yeah, Ninja Gaiden. That one? Gaiden? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could jump on the walls from side to side Mm -hmm. to side. Like that was the first one where you could. You could jump, but then you would kind of stick to the wall for a second, and so then you could go, you could jump like up bounce off higher of and bounce you know, like in like huh. a ninja. Uh, Metroid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I played a lot of that. Oh, man. This was one of the most popular games, but it was one of the very least purchased games, which was Duck Hunt. Yep, I played mm-hmm. Dunk Hunt. Because it Duck came Hunt. usually standard with, you know, it was that and Mario. When you got the gun, right? It was yeah. on uh, Atari, too, um, up because for Christmas... My second cousin has an Atari, and we would play Duck Hunt. Maybe, maybe it wasn't on Atari. Duck Hunt and 007, like the old, the 
the uh, 007 game. I'm trying to think of the Golden... Goldeneye? Goldeneye. That was in 64. In 64? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was on it Atari. It wasn't before no. that, man. Goldeneye hmm. was Nintendo 64. I'm going to look it up. I, I will bet you... I will bet you a lot of money. Yeah. I will mm. bet you your second pour of uh Golden Eye didn't come out till Golden like ninety four. Mm-hmm. Like the movie 64. itself. Yeah. Was like in the ni- mid nineties. Yes. Um this game I played uh once in a while. It was called Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. In Japan it was called Kung Fu Master. Uh-huh. It was like three levels. Mm-hmm. And it was just a side scroll back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh when I in nineteen eighty seven in the summertime, I was in the hospital here in Omaha. I was in I have a leg disease. Okay. Same thing that Bo Jackson has. So, like, there's not oh. enough blood pumping to my hip. Okay. And I still have, like, I have bad arthritis. So, if you ever see me walking around, like, limping, limping. that's why. I don't even know. Um, but because of that, I had some treatments in the hospital. I was in, in traction in bed for over two weeks. So, I oh. couldn't get out of bed. Wow. So, in 87, they had a TV cart, like you'd see at school. It rolled in there, and it had a Nintendo. And I didn't have a Nintendo yet. Really? And that was the first time I ever played a Nintendo, and I was terrible. Hmm. And that was they had two games, and that was one of the games, <laughs> it was Kung Fu. So yes. I remember being would have been let's see eight. I was eight years old. Yeah, in the hospital, couldn't get out of bed, playing Kung Fu, and just getting killed every chance because I was so terrible. Okay, so it wasn't GoldenEye. It was just 007, James Bond 007, 1983, Atari. Oh, no. There you go. It was a side scroller. So. I, well, I say I still say I win. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm gonna take. You're right. I remember GoldenEye off the GameCube. I never played it on Nintendo. So yeah, I took your second pour. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good punishment. <laughs> uh, Kid Icarus. Yeah, would turn you would turn you into the uh, into Pit. the eggplant. Yeah, Pit. Pit was the was the guy with the arrow. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Ducktales game. I don't remember this. There was. Yeah, but there was one of those. Uh, Tetris. Yeah. Yep. Very popular. As much as Tetris was popular on the Game Boy, like uh-huh. that was, but there was, yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. Um, Excite Bike. Yes, I still play that at Beercade every once in a while, which is fun. That was you could build your own track. You could, oh, yes, that's the best. Tecmo Super Bowl. Yep, which was great. I personally blame Tecmo. I blame Tecmo Super Bowl, Super Tecmo Bowl, uh-huh. right, for me not graduating from college. Oh, we had a so I lived in a very large house with a bunch of dudes, uh-huh. and uh, we we had leagues. We had a league. Like, this is before like fantasy football. Sure, we had Tecmo Super Bowl, and we each had to choose a team, and you could not be the Raiders or the Niners. Yeah, because of Bo Jackson and Jerry Rice. Yeah, unstoppable. And so when it was your turn to play. You had to play. So if it's three o'clock in the morning, you got to play. Oh. If it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you have class, you have to play. Wow. Yeah, I, I can see how interesting. That would be. I didn't Hard go to, to go to class. Didn't go to class. That was one of the first games I saw that both the players' association and the league signed off on. Endorsed, yes. Um, because unlike my favorite game, which was RBI Baseball, yeah, they only got the players' association. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those games where you can be Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> but you're a big fat white guy <laughs> and you're on a team from like Japan. Yep. But that was a baseball game that would had. And then Mike Tyson's punch out. Yes. That was a, like an ultimate awesome eight bit game. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I got for eight bit. So it's still, people are going back to retro eight, eight bit stuff. Right. You'll see a lot of it in images. Um, there's some beers around. There used to be one down at tall grass, eight bit pale ale that had like a Pac-Man kind of thing. It had on a it. Pac-Man logo on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Rest in peace, tall grass. Yep. R.I.P. Mm. <laughs> yep. A lot of breweries come and gone. Yep. 8-Bit's still around. Hmm. So that's that's what I know about 8-Bit. Man, I could talk about Nintendo games. If we didn't have to talk about Pulp Fiction, 
I could talk about Nintendo games forever. That's kind of why I just cut it there. Mm-hmm. All right, so I we didn't even touch this. on like Mario, <laughs> right? Everybody knows about Mario. Mario, oh, yeah. Mario Two, gosh, Super so Mario Brothers, yeah, so many Smash games. Brothers, Super Smash. What Brothers. was the first before Super Mario Brothers? There was, was just was Mario, Mario Brothers, right? yeah. which was more it was like a that was like a real plumber's one, wasn't it? More plumber-ish, yeah. yes. Now, and here's the thing. The character in Donkey Kong is Mario, mm-hmm. right? He's, Jumpman. Yeah. He's the guy, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's, I I really could. That was a part of my life that I really, I really enjoyed a lot. It was. Do you have one of those uh, Nintendo plug-and-play things now that they have? Of course. Yeah, my, uh, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law's got one. Every once in a while when they come up and we have a beer night, He'll bring that. And here's what's fun about it. Like, all the old codes work. Still work, yeah. Work. The Contra mm. code works. Contra code works. Uh, and I want to... Re- I can't remember the Metroid code. It's a girl's name. I can't remember. Samus? Yeah. No, but that's Samus is the name of Met. But there's... Zero suits? There's a code where it's just, like, she has no suit on. So, Samus was a girl. Yeah. But she has no suit on. Like, it's just like a body suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, and you've got a shit ton of powers. They just called her Zero Suit Samus. Right. That was it. But what there was a, the code was a name. Oh. And uh, I can't remember hmm. what it was. And I got something else here I want to... I looked up on my phone, so... I bet Mr. Phil Sweeney would know. He would know, totally know. When, when did they... When did they... Was it right away that they showed Samus was a girl? No. Uh-uh. It didn't come out till the code came out. Okay. You just assumed that Samus was a dude. Was a guy, right? Mm. And then the code came out, everybody used it, and you're like, oh, this is a girl. Like, it's <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, I had... Um, I'm going to look it up. I don't remember which one I had, but I had Metroid on my uh, Game Boy uh, Advanced, actually. It was an advanced game. And I played the whole game, and then she lost her suit somewhere in the game, mm-hmm. and I was like... Mind blown. Uh, what? Because <laughs> it was like it was like mid game, so I'd already put like hours into this game, and then and not like lost your suit in like a like a nerdy a like scandalous yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Oh. Like she got captured, and then mm-hmm. she like woke up, and they had her suit on the other side, and you had to work your mm-hmm. way across and to yeah. get it. The code was Justin Bailey. If you Justin typed in Bailey. the code Justin Bailey, then you would get Weird. Samus in the Wonder why in the uh, zero in the, suit. Yep. Exactly. Just because it was like some dude that coded the game. Again, it's yeah. Everything wow. every you get and you have everything but the ice beam. So like and mm. like you're loaded. Did you have the whip? You had everything. Oh, okay. Everything. Nice. Okay, so zero suits and whips. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> and it wasn't anything sexual. Oh. No, it wasn't. It was just you were kick ass at the game, or you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So Vince Vega. That's what this is called. Yes. Probably to avoid copyright suit. Because mm-hmm. his name is actually Vincent. Vincent Vega. Vega. Vincent Vega. So we're going to get into it here. Um, you know who he's the brother of? Actual Vincent Vega. Yeah. No. In the movies? No. He's the brother of Vic Vega, who is Mr. Blonde in Reservoir Dogs. Michael Madsen's character. I think you just told me something. I, that blows my mind. They, in in Tarantino's no, 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 world, no. Really? they are brothers. Get out of here. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yes. So they were they were brothers. Wow. And in fact, the character was written, Vincent Vega was written for Michael Madsen to play as well, because they were going to supposedly be twin brothers. Whoa. But Michael Madsen couldn't take the job because he was shooting a Western, which I wrote down, Wyatt Earp, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, I think. Yeah, it was good. 
Uh, it's good, but it's not, not Pulp Fiction. Not as good as Tombstone. So, but yeah, yes. So it's like the second tier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Michael Madsen does that instead, instead of Pulp Fiction, and that's how Travolta gets the part. Holy cow! Because Michael Madsen's like, oh, I'm doing this western. Wow. So that's yeah. So they're connected. Also, you know who else wanted to play the part? Who? Daniel Day Lewis. He's like pleaded with Tarantino to have the part. That would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. Yeah. But he Travolta got it and. Uh, it was like his Gosh. renaissance, basically. He his comeback. He is Vincent Vega, though. He is now. Bacon tastes good. Yeah, and they Pork have like the, tastes good. And they have like uh, I love that gif of him like confused. Where he's like, yeah, looking he's around. looking around with the coat on his. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Um, so I wrote down just a few things that kind of reminded me of of him and the movie, just to tie in with the beer, mm-hmm. and then we'll just you and me will talk about it, and Dylan oh, will yeah. look like he's you know what's going on. Um, <laughs> toilets in the movie. <laughs> toilets, 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 turdlet. Yeah. Um, they were bad luck for him. They are bad luck. And I didn't really put it together until I was reading this article. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into it. So the first time he goes in, he uh, he's a big uh, proponent of taking his time. So he takes a book in. He likes to read a book. And we're talking about a sit down mm-hmm. on the toilet, Dolan, not mm-hmm. a stand up job. Right. So this is oh, a okay. As my son would say, it's just it's a number two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Number two. So the first time he goes in there to do that, I think he's at that house. He's at he, Mia's house. He's at Mia's house. Mia yes. Wallace's house. Uh-huh. And that is Uma Thurman's character. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and finds her basically almost dead on the floor. Pretty much dead. She had, spoilers, found his um, heroin mm-hmm. and thought it was cocaine, uh-huh. snorted a whole bunch of it, oh, and just boy. OD'd. Blood coming out of her nose. nose yeah. Snot. And, yeah, it was yeah. bad. So he has to take her to his dealer's house, mm-hmm. and he gets the uh, adrenaline shot right in the heart. Prank call, prank call. Yeah, to keep her alive. Yep, yep. Which they shot that in reverse. Really? So when he stabs her, yeah, it's actually what they really did was they started in her chest and then went and shot it backwards oh. because they didn't want to miss. That's awesome. So they had to start it. They started it already in her and then Man. shot backwards. Hmm. So that was interesting. The second time, now this is a chronological in the story, but not in the movie. Correct. Because it goes, there's some time jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. The second time is he's at the diner. Yes. And then he comes out and it's getting robbed. Right. When Tim Roth and, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, like Roseanne Arquette, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. So Pumpkin and pumpkin Honey and, Bunny. Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. They're robbing the, the place. You haven't seen this movie? No. Gosh. Your homework assignment this weekend is to watch this movie. Watch Pulp Fiction? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And the third time is his last time. Yes, unfortunately. Spoilers yes. for a Huge spoiler. 25-year-old movie mm-hmm. that Dolan hasn't seen. Uh, he gets blown away by Bruce Willis, his yep. character Butch. With a shotgun. With a shotgun. Then he left there. That he left there. His gun. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know what? They're going to be a while. I'm just going to go drop this deuce. Do you recall whose whose apartment it was? It was Butch's. Was it, it Butch's yeah, apartment? It was, but they were looking oh, for him. Oh, Butch went back to get his watch. Uh huh. The Matt, the Christopher Walken watch that had been jammed up his butt for mm. a while. Gosh, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes out and he's got the gun and blam, uncomfortable hunk of metal. Yes. Yeah. Right there. God damn. So basically, it's amazing, oh. and he's got he's like one of the all time characters, and it's very quotable. Oh, so what I did 
we don't curse a lot on here, and so I've, I've really tried to, but every one of them, right? I mean, it's every one of them. But you know what? I found one that doesn't really have anything. Oh, never mind. I, Sam Jackson's got some good lines in this, too. Sam, this was the first time I this really saw Sam Jackson. A yeah. lot of big name people. Oh, Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah. Point the gun at me, Yolanda. Point the gun at me. So, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole part about when they come in, and the guy's eating the hamburger, and he's, I'm going to take a drink here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the Big Kahuna Burger. The Big Kahuna Burger. So that's a fictitious Hawaiian-themed hamburger joint that is in almost every Tarantino movie. I thought it was a real one now. No. I thought somebody Well, maybe it is one. now. Okay. But Back at then, the it, time, was, it was fake. But it was in... Yeah. Um, it was in uh, the one we talked about. I can't think of it. Reservoir Dogs. It was in that. Mm-hmm. It was in this one. It was in... Um, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, it was. They're eating it after the heist or whatever. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's in... There's another one that it's in. Is is it in Jackie Brown? It might be Jackie Brown. I wouldn't doubt it. So I it's all it. tied together, always. That's, that's a tasty burger. So I'm going to do a little... Uh, I'm going to do a little reading here. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then I will, I will do my bad impression of it afterwards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I picked out one of his speeches that I, I really liked. And then uh, we'll just... And we can kind of reflect on Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. I went with because I went with Vincent. Okay, okay. So I'm right. I stuck with him. So this is what I think of when I think of Vincent Vega. Okay. All right. So Jules, Mm -hmm. played by Samuel, Mr. Jackson, Mm -hmm. with his curly hair. Yes. He wants to know about his recent trip to Amsterdam. Oh yeah. And Vincent says, Yeah, it breaks down like this, okay? It's legal to buy it, it's legal to own it, and if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. It's legal to carry it, but but that doesn't matter, because get a load of this. All right? If you get stopped by a cop in Amsterdam, it's illegal for them to search you. I mean, that's a right the cops in Amsterdam don't have. And Jewel says, oh, man, I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm <laughs> fucking going. And he says, I know, baby, you dig it the most. But you know what the funniest thing about Europe is? And Jewel says, what? What? It's the little differences. Mm. A lot of the same shit we got here, they got there. But they're just a little different. And Jewel says, example? Question mark. All right. And now this has come true, by the way. This is me talking. Yeah. This is a, was kind of like a prophecy. Okay. When you, when you go into a movie theater in Amsterdam, you can buy beer. And I don't mean in a paper cup either. They give you a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy beer at McDonald's. And you know what they call a quarter pounder in cheese with, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? No, they got the metric system there. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Jules says, what do they call it? They call it a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. What do they call the Big Mac, says Jules? It's not called the Le Big Mac. Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. <laughs> Le Big Mac. Le ah. Big Mac. And he says, what do they call the Whopper? He said, I don't know. I didn't get into a Burger King. <laughs> But you know what they put on French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? And Jules says, what? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Jules says, God damn. <laughs> I seen them do it, man. They fucking drown them in it. And Jules says, ugh. And that is the end of the Royale with cheese. This, that's the magic of Quentin Tarantino is this is all happening in a car while they're driving. Yes. So one of the most boring scenes that you probably could ever shoot. Yes is one of the most interesting conversations. That is, that's like Americana. Yeah. Right there. And that's kind of what Tarantino's movies are about. 
which is really some it's almost Seinfeldian mm-hmm. in a way that the most memorable scenes a lot of times are just the dialogue. Yes. Tarantino is a master oh, the of di- dialogue. Yes. Yeah. I, I looked up Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Okay. Do you know do you, you're he familiar? won't know. No, no. I do, but you, yeah. So Jules has Jules, Samuel L. Jackson. His mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's uh, Travolta's yep. partner. Yeah, the hitmen. They're, they're hitmen, by yeah, the okay. way. Yeah, they're hitmen, and uh, that's what he says to someone right before he pops a cap in him. Yes, right. And so then he's kind of trying to spice it up because yeah. he's been bored. Yeah, killing people because he kills uh, people for a living. Okay, I think I'm familiar with this. Is there a restaurant scene where yes. Samuel mm-hmm. L. Jackson's sitting there uh-huh. and somebody's got a gun in his face? And Tim Roth. Yeah. That'd, that'd be Honey Bunny. And yeah. then there's the girl mm-hmm. behind the counter. Mm-hmm. That's Pumpkin. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. I'm familiar with mm-hmm. with him reciting the verse before. Okay. Mm-hmm. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. And then normally he would shoot them. Shoot them. Bang, bang. But I'm not going to do that this time. That was the mm-hmm. that was the restaurant scene. Yep. Yep. Because he changed his ways. That's right. He all he wanted was his uh he wanted his, his wallet back. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Remember what his wallet said? Um bad motherfucker. Yeah. 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 Which which one's yours? Tim Roth asked him, which one's yours? He's like he just it's the one that says bad motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, it's a it's a yep. And you can you could buy that wallet. My for brother in law has that wallet. Nice. He's so proud of it. God, I would it's be too. beautiful. I mean, that movie mm. I saw it. A couple times in the theater. Yep. That was like one of my very first R-rated oh, movies. Man. And then I had the poster on my room. Yep. I had the soundtrack. Yep. Bought it. I had it on VHS when it came out. Then mm-hmm. I had it on DVD. Then I had it on Blu-ray. Yep. Now it's in my Voodoo digital download. It's, oh, man. Yeah. It, it, it changed It changed movies. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino changed movies yes. anyway. But it, it really did. It really changed I, I think if it, if Pulp Fiction hasn't hadn't existed, then I don't think we would have gotten Fight Club. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's any list. There's a number of movies that we would never have that would never have been greenlit if it I mean, wasn't it, for Pulp Fiction. It really brought around hard R movies mm-hmm. and took it away from like comedies because that's in the '80s the big comedies were R rated mm-hmm. and that was kind of what your R rated movies were. Right, and these were like dialogue driven. Um, sometimes you know hardly any scenes like the same. Um, location was used a bunch. Right, there wasn't a whole lot of moving around in the movie. It was just dudes talking, right. boasting, and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. But ah, so good. The breakfast scene, talking about Madonna in Reservoir Dogs. Yep, perfect. Mm. I mean, that's Tarantino, right? That is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, talking about the song "Like a Virgin." Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? No. Okay, so you need to watch that first, <laughs> yeah. and then Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and then Pulp Fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then maybe if you want to sprinkle in Jackie Brown later, that's fine too. You can do that, and then you can, yeah, because then you kind of took some time off, and yeah, then you got to get to the Kill Bills mm-hmm. one and two. Mm-hmm. I've seen those, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, and you mentioned it from Dust Till Dawn. That's a good one. <laughs> Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, we yep. forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that's what we got. Gosh darn, those are so good. Vince Vega, man, if it wasn't for Junkyard. We wouldn't be talking about. We wouldn't have got to read quotes from a movie. Yeah, yeah. Man. 
I'm gonna I mean, drink, I'm gonna drink there's a little bit left. There's just Dolan? You want to you no, want finish it out? Oh, I'm going to finish it up. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, in the in the movie, when they're at the dancing, at the diner. At the diner, uh-huh. When they're doing their dance. At Jack Rabbit Slims. Uh-huh, Jack Rabbit Slims. And they're playing uh, the... Uh, oh, I can't remember the song. Old folks I, wish them well. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the song. I could sing it to you. I'm, I'm trying surprised to think about you who's... didn't go because the soundtrack was so good. Yeah. Was was so good. But so was Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, true. And so is every one of his movie soundtracks. He's the master of the soundtrack. Yes. And we were talking earlier today about how he's taken songs and put them in the movie and mm-hmm. you can't hear the song without seeing yep. the scenes from the movie. Without a doubt. Um, God, what is the guy's name? Chuck Berry. That's who does that song. That's a Chuck Berry song? Yeah, that's a Chuck, the one where they're dancing. They're singing when they're uh-huh. dancing yeah, that's the Chuck dance Berry. contest that they yes. win. Mm-hmm. So they didn't win the contest. You knew that, right? Right. They stole the trophy. Oh, what? Yeah, they stole the dance trophy. Oh, no, I thought they won. No, they got. They did not win. They stole it. Oh. And then later in the movie, you'll hear like there's a news report talking about how someone stole the trophy. So we think that they won. I thought they won. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, but they yeah. did not win. They just stole it. Oh, man. Yeah. Ving Rhames as Marcellus. Marcellus Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how many times I will say, I, I still quote, I mean, to mm-hmm. like a weekly quote of like, Zed's dead, baby. Uh-huh. Zed's dead. Who's Who's mo- motorcycle whose this? motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. <laughs> whose chopper is this? Zed. Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead. Oh. So when he, when Zed Bruce... deserved to die, quite honestly. That was a hard scene to watch. It was. But... When Bruce Willis gets out and he goes back mm. to kill those dudes, all the things that he picks up mm. are homage weapons to Tarantino's favorite movies. You're right. So we got the chainsaw from uh-huh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's something from, uh, was it, what's Friday the 13th movie? Does he it, does he pick up a machete first? Does he have a machete or, or a shotgun? He has a shotgun at one point and he puts it down and then he picks up like a big bat that's from some movie from the late 70s then there was another thing he had that maybe it's a machete that's jason or whatever part Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. he puts that down and he has a chainsaw and yeah puts that down and then he he ends up on the samurai sword Uh Mm uh-huh yeah that's i'm not gonna tell dolan what happens in that scene i want him to experience that like we all experienced it when ving rames is at his most vulnerable oh yes and that and that uh hillbilly's just Yep, doing is what he's doing. Going to town, man. Woo! Look at Dolan just. You know, what a I movie! Can't wait for you to come back. And so say that you watched after it. you watch the movie, or before you watch it, mm. maybe get a couple beers. Wake him up, okay, and then enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Oh, so good. Yeah. I'm not to rewatch that too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, all right. Well, man, as much as I enjoyed this trip down memory road, mm-hmm. let's circle back around to Junkyard Brewing. Okay. TripAdvisor says uh, 4.5 out of 5 on 85 reviews. Number two thing to do in Moorhead. Is Moorhead College number one? Maybe. Go to school? Yeah. Maybe. Go to school, drink beer. Boring. That's what you do. Just drink beer and then go to school. That's what you do. Hmm? Uh, Untapped. Um, oh man, I this is a, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go on a five on this thing. I'm not I'm not joking. Wow, it's so 1, good. One thousand one hundred and seventy-four check-ins. Pretty good. Amount. Not bad. Not bad for like considering a there's only like eighty this. reviews or mm-hmm. whatever. What you said. Yeah, mm. one thousand one hundred. I would say it's gonna be like four point one eight. Four point two. Four point one five. 
Wow. Close. That, what is that? Three beers in a row now? You've yeah. been very, very close. Really close. Yeah. Under a point away? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a solid four and a half on this. Yeah. Probably one of the best double New England styles I've ever had. Oh, yeah, for Super sure. Super good. Super sure. good. I wish we had about three more of these mm-hmm. big old cans. Yeah, so Brian uh, Brian and Braden, if you're listening, which I, ho- I hope you are. Yeah, thank you. Uh, our address is 11159 Mill Valley Road, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154. Yeah, we'll we'll drop it in the Vince comments Vega, too. Please, thank you. <laughs> no, please don't mail. You can't necessarily mail beer. I'm not asking you to mail beer, but if right. you do, just say it's barbecue sauce or I don't know yeast samples. Yeast samples. That's what I do for That's homebrew. Fine. Yep, um, you did you catch this little nugget? Eight point three percent. Okay. It was packaged on January eighth, and underneath that it says R.I.P. Marvin. R.I.P. The guy that got shot oh, in the back seat. When Marvin. He hits the bump. He shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> yep. Uh, dude. Little bits of brains. Yep. I'm a race car it. in the red. And I'm just saying, you don't want a <laughs> race car in the right. red. Don't mess with me. <laughs> I'm a mushroom cloud laying. Yep. Right? Yep. That's right. You get your ass back here and you clean up the brains. Yeah. Yes. And they got to call in the cleaner. The oh, wolf. and they call in the wolf. Mm. Yep. Harvey yep. Keitel, man. Oh. Gosh, the wolf. What right, I'm, watch, I'm watching it this weekend. Yeah. If nothing else, yeah, we'll watch this movie. Perfect. All right. Well, again, Brian and Braden, thank you so much. This was an awesome beer to have. Um, junkyard, man, they, they can do it. If, if this is any indication of what they have going on up there, mm-hmm. boy, oh, boy, I'd like to get up there. There are one or they brought us a number of them. This is the only one I thought we should do just because of Vince mm. Vega, but there's a couple back in the fridge back there. We might there. be able to sneak a couple. We're going to drink a couple this afternoon right, probably sounds as, good. as we're working. Sounds very good. Brian, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.